Harbin has a wonderful fall season. Uh, the name of the game and the theme is multiculturalism in our season. Half our books have to do with multicultural aspects of the Jewish community. So our first one, we're starting off with Genu and the Snake. The illustrations are beautiful. And this is a retelling of a Talmudic tale about Rabbi Akiva and his daughter and a snake. So in that story, which has now been reimagined by Erica Lyon, who is a Jewish woman living in Hong Kong and runs the PJ Library Hong Kong program, she re resets this story in Hong Kong, ancient Hong Kong in ancient China. And the story is that Zhen Yu is a young woman. Um, they go to the market. The father meets a fortune teller who tells him that his daughter will someday day on her wedding day be bitten by a snake. He forgets all about it until finally the wedding day does come. The fortune teller shows up at Zhen Yu's room dressed as a beggar and she, out of the kindness of her heart, gives him her basket of gifts because he needs them more than she does. However, before she answers the door, she takes a pin from her hair and pokes it into the wall. And sure enough, after the beggar leaves, she pulls it out of the wall and she has impaled the snake. Uh, this is a beautiful Midrash, a Talmudic story, and it is now reimagined in ancient China. And the back matter includes information about the ancient Kaifeng Jewish community. Here is our second multicultural one. Uh, this story is written by a, a Mexican Jewish author, as well as a an American Jewish author, and it's a story of a little boy in Mexico who goes to visit his grandmother, and he goes out into the street where the kids are playing with trompos, which is a kind of a spinning top, and he doesn't have a trompo, but his grandmother gives him a dreidel. And so he puts his dreidel in, plays with the trompos, and the dreidel is often running around the town, chased by the children, and it's really about friendship with these kids who accept one another's customs, and he invites them all to his grandmother's house where they have latkes and they light the candles for Hanukkah. Lovely artwork. We really paid attention to skin color um, and really stayed away from stereotypes. We're trying to be very careful about that in all of our illustrations. And this is a really lovely little book. Next. A wild, wild Hanukkah. You can't really appreciate how great the art is from what you're seeing here on the cell sheet, but the art is amazing. This is by an author illustrator, Joe Gershman, who also has a co-author who helped on the writing. And the story is that wild animals are coming to the Hanukkah party. It starts out with on the first night of Hanukkah, comes a polar bear, then come two crazy crying crocodiles, then three toothy tigers, and all of these animals converge on the party. They're making latkes they're singing, they're playing dreidel, and as Hanukkah comes to an end, the stars twinkle and the candles burn out and it's time for bed. The art is really what is amazing about this book. I think this is going to be a really good seller for us. Next. Mrs. Maccabee's Miracle. This is a very funny story. It's a takeoff on the Hanukkah story. So what happens is the there are five Maccabee brothers in their home and they're driving their mom crazy. They lose things and they have to ask their mom where everything is. Where's my spear? It's behind the door. Where's my shield? It's under the table. And these boys are trying to find their stuff and they can't 
find their hands in their pockets without their mom. Well, the Greek army comes and attacks, and now this is the story of Hanukkah, and the Maccabee brothers are out fighting the Greeks, and they win, which we all know is the Hanukkah story, and there's information about that, but when they come to the temple and it's time to relight the Hanukkah menorah, they can't find the oil. And then they think, what would mom do? And mom always said, things don't walk off for themselves by themselves. Think about where you last saw it. And so they managed to find the oil for the Hanukkah menorah. The mom is really the hero of the story. And this is a very cute take on the conventional Hanukkah story. I think it will do nicely. Next. This book is Three Jumps to Sari, a Yom Kippur story. So Yom Kippur, for those who don't know, is the Day of Atonement. This is a very serious holiday in the Jewish calendar. Adults fast and we fast and we ask for forgiveness for things that we've done wrong. And it's not such a kid-friendly holiday. So I was thrilled to see this book, Three Jumps to Sari. In this story, there is a little girl, Hannah. She is delightful, but she also has a mind of her own and she is not careful. Um, she gets into various kinds of trouble and right before for Yom Kippur, she kicks a soccer ball in the living room and she breaks her mother's glass apple. Oh no, what's going to happen? She's afraid that her mom is going to yell at her, but instead the very clever mom says to decides to teach her a lesson and she puts three pieces of paper on the floor with the numbers one, two, three, as you see on the cover here. And she teaches the child the three steps about saying that you're sorry. The first step is admitting you did something wrong. The second is feeling bad about what you did. And the third is trying never to do it again. It's a very cute story. And I can see both parents and preschool teachers actually putting these numbers on the floor, teaching their kids how to jump and how to say they're sorry for things that they've done wrong. This is a really nice little story. Next, Counting on Shabbat. This is by Nancy Chernin, whose book, um, A Queen to the Rescue, won the Sydney Taylor Award last year. And Nancy has done a very nice little counting book um, with the numbers from one to 10. And the book is telling a story as well as teaching the kids to count. So in the first one, the in for number one, there's one table, then there are two candles, then there are three braids in the challah. Little by little, friends come over. The kittens need to be fed. They put, um, kids do drawings and put them on the refrigerator. And by the end, it's Shabbat and all 10 items are counted up. The illustrations are really cute. Nancy is an excellent promoter. I think this will do very well. Next, Ruth first never backed down. Uh, Ruth First was a Jewish anti-apartheid activist, and this is her story. She was born in South Africa, where her Jewish family had fled from the dangers of Europe during World War II. South Africa was a safe place for Jews, but it was not, as we all know, a safe place for the black community. And Ruth First, inspired by her parents, started a secret book club with her friends, trying to um, talk about inequality and to stand up for members of the black community. This was a heroic thing to do in those days. There were a number of Jews actually who were involved with the anti-apartheid fight and Ruth was one of the leaders. Um, she protested with other students, um, including Nelson Mandela. She became a newspaper columnist and wrote about the fight. Needless to say, she was targeted by South Africa. She, there's not a happy ending to her story, but we end with her speaking out against apartheid and she never backed down. In the end, it's actually a bomb that has been set off and killed her. And we don't deal with that until the back matter because it's a picture book aimed at you know kids that are picture book age. But 
but it's an inspiring story, a true story, and really wonderful. Next. Dona Gracia Saved Worlds. This is a beautiful story illustrated by Alida Massari, who has done other books for us. And Dona Gracia was a 16th century Portuguese woman, um, really a prominent woman and a businesswoman at a time where that was not actually a possibility. Um, this was just towards the end of the Spanish Inquisition, where, which also, of course, had gone into Portugal and the Levant in general, and Doña Gracia is in hiding with her family. It is a prominent Jewish family. Even her name is a secret. They called her Beatrice in the outside world, but Gracia was her Jewish name. Eventually, she grows up. She marries, um, uh, her, and she and her husband are merchants. They become wealthy and powerful, and they give treasures to the king in order to help protect the other secret Jews during the Inquisition. And when her husband dies, Doña Gracia takes the bull by the horns, runs her own business, eventually escapes from Portugal, but helps other Jews do the same by using her ships to smuggle them out of Portugal and to countries where they can be safe. She ends up in Turkey, where she becomes friendly with the Sultan and eventually is allowed to live freely um, and uses her resources to help build synagogues and hospitals. Uh, the title Doña Gracia Saved Worlds is really an appropriate title. She was a remarkable woman in an unusual time. Next, Dream by Dream. This is the story of Rabbi Isaac Mayer Weiss, who was the founder of one of the main founders of Reform Judaism here in the United States. Uh, as a kid in Europe, he loved to study. Um, he became a rabbi, but he had some very non-traditional ideas of what Judaism should look like. He believed that women and men should pray together, that men, sh that women should be able to sing in the choir, um, that his speeches should be not only in Yiddish or in the language of the land, but also in the in other languages that people could understand. And eventually his ideas are become very unpopular in Europe, which is a somewhat conservative Jewish community. And he comes to America and decides that he is really going to change the Jewish world, which indeed he does. Uh, he started a Jewish newspaper and built a beautiful synagogue, the Plum Street Synagogue, across from Cincinnati City Hall. It still stands today, and he really inspired a new kind of Judaism. Uh, Hebrew Union College gave us a grant to do part of this book. I think it will sell well on its own, but it's nice to have um, some additional funding from them, and they are going to help us on the promotion for this book. A book about bubkas. So bubkas is the Yiddish word for nothing, zero, zilch, nada, nothing. And in fact, bubkas, like mitzvah and some other words, are starting to become part of the American lexicon. Um, if you know Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live, he has a new show and it is called Bubkas. So in this story, which is by Leslie Kimmelman, um, she is using the word Bubkas to show us that sometimes nothing can really mean something. If there's an empty garden, it's because people have taken that uh, someone has taken the vegetables and donated them to a good cause. If there's an empty bench on the playground, it's because kids have made friends and they don't have to sit on the bench. They can go out and play together. If there's an empty bowl of soup, it's because a little girl has given it to her mom um, to make her feel better because the mom is sick. The funny thing is that bubkas may mean nothing, but it can feel like everything. The promise. Uh, this is also... Um, a multicultural story. It is by two authors, Fazia Jelani Williams and Bridget Hodder. They were the team behind um, The Button Box, which got a starred review in Kirkus. 
Um, Fazia is a Muslim, Bridget is Jewish, and they write a story based on a true story. And in this story, there is, um, in Morocco, a Jewish boy and a Muslim boy are best friends, and they play together every day in the garden. And then World War II comes, and the Jewish family must leave, and the, the children are very sad to be separated, and the Muslim child promises that he will help take care of this garden even when his friend has to leave Morocco. And he does that, the family leaves, and many years later, the Jewish friend comes back with grandchildren of his own, and he sees that the garden is still there, and his friend has taken care of it all along. The true story is also about um, two friends in Morocco, and in that case, the Muslim family is taking care of the Jewish family's graves. It's a lovely story. The, we tell the true story in the back matter, but the authors decided that rather than using graves, they would use a fountain in a garden to tell their story. Beautiful illustrations um, and really a lovely story about a multicultural friendship. Thank you for listening to The Learner Podcast. Tune in again next time for more author interviews and the stories behind the books.